We had the chance to sit down for an interview with Gregor Robertson last week to discuss his decade as mayor of Vancouver. This is the Canby Report. If you enjoy our work, please support us at patreon.com slash Report and get tickets for our election night party at canbyreport.eventbrite.com. I guess first question is, what did you do before becoming mayor? Before becoming mayor, yeah. I was the MLA here in, in the middle of Vancouver, Vancouver Fairview. Did a, most of a term uh, before I shifted gears to run for mayor. So uh, I was uh, yeah an MLA and small business and advanced education critic over the years. Uh, did a lot of work on climate change and in particular. And uh, well, before that, I was an entrepreneur in uh started and built a company called Happy Planet, making fresh juice and smoothies and soups and all that good stuff here in Vancouver. So you've been mayor for a decade, over three terms. Mm-hmm. How's it been? It's been incredible. It's, it's hard to believe uh, how fast a decade can go by. It feels like a blur. And to see the city um, really kind of break through and, and to, into becoming a world-leading city. I, I think it's been a remarkable thing to experience firsthand. And that combination of so much local activity and kind of plugged in really deeply at, at the community level, and then also being out in the world representing Vancouver and getting all the accolades. And I mean, people, people love Vancouver all over the world. We're kind of on this uh, incredible um role right now as a city, I think, in, in the global um, uh, landscape. So and that, that's proud. It makes me proud to be out there and represent the city. Um, and then also on the ground, it's it's just such an amazing city to be part of and, and uh, be the mayor of. So with all the pride that you've got in your last 10 years, what's the one sort of singular like accomplishment you'd like to point to that you think you accomplished as mayor? Wow. That's... Uh, I mean, I, I guess I would go back to that big picture sense of this This is the decade where Vancouver really became a world-leading city and, and recognized as that. And that's for a number of different reasons. And I think we've, um, you know, whether it's, uh, whether it's the breakthroughs we've had with transportation, I'm super proud of, of the success we've had on uh, getting over half of uh, people in Vancouver out of cars. Um, that's just really good choices by Vancouverites um, choosing to, to get around more sustainably and more affordably walking, biking, transit. We've had extraordinary transit growth and now we have a massive breakthrough with the Broadway subway and big uh, bus and, and uh, rail investments across the region. So uh, transportation has been a huge uh, bonus, but it's, you know, there's still traffic congestion. There's still <laughs> challenges to it. Um, but Compared to uh, other cities in North America, we're number one in bikes. We're one of the top in, in walking. Our transit system's leading the continent in ridership growth. So we've really excelled at that. And um, I, I would say there, there's a there's a cultural piece too, where with uh, reconciliation with First Nations and the work we've done on uh, in, on inclusion and with refugees and new immigrants, LGBTQ. I mean, we've we've really I think as a city we've we've grown up a lot and um, really embraced taking care of each other as a community uh, for, for all the challenges uh, that big cities have with that. I think we're, we're seen as a very harmonious place. Uh, and that's, and that's a big game. So you mentioned a few challenges in there and like any politician in the public limelight, you get your fair share of criticism. Oh yeah. 
But from your perspective, what's one thing you actually wish you could have gone farther on or that you didn't get to or that you think, you know, you tried and just it failed? Like what's your biggest regret essentially? Uh, biggest regret, I mean, it's it's definitely in the, um, I mean, I'd say right now it's really with uh, the opioid overdose crisis. It's the fact that that's still, uh, that's still killing so many people. Um, and, you know, collectively between um, city and health authorities and frontline work, I mean, we're saving thousands of lives uh, in, as this overdose crisis rolls along. But it's been a couple years of tragedy and kind of a very, very difficult piece to solve. And it's hitting other cities across North America. Uh, we were hit the hardest first, but it's been extremely difficult. And that, that you know, directly related to homelessness, um, poverty, mental health and addictions, that whole challenge for us, a city with so much affluence and wealth, so much going for us, and we, we just can't figure out how to solve uh, these intractable problems for intractable problems for our most vulnerable citizens. And that's, you know, it, um, so I, and I would say my, my disappointment in that has been, I didn't figure out how to push harder and more successfully with provincial and federal governments who have direct responsibility for housing, for health, for mental health, uh, for drug policy, for offshore investment, you know, all these things that play out in a city like Vancouver and we can't control them. We're, we're kind of at the end of that pipe trying to fix the problems day to day. We don't have the tools to fix it. And, and we, didn't, um, we didn't push the Clark and the Harper government uh, over a line to, to re- dramatically invest in solving those challenges with us. And, uh, you know, I, I, we, we can't give up. We can't stop. We've got better partners right now in the, in the Horgan and Trudeau governments. They're much more partner-oriented, much more focused on urban agendas. So we can make big gains, I think, in these years ahead. That's, that gives me hope. So you've hit on a couple of things we wanted to talk about about the last few years, but to skip ahead of here some of our questions is cycling and bike lanes has been this controversy in the city for as long as you've been mayor. And you yourself, you cycle a lot, I know, and mm-hmm. you know, we cycle a lot on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Why is it that it's such a hot button issue? Why is it that it's still being yelled about constantly in the city? Like, what is it about it in the city? Well, I think anything that where you're... Um you're basically deciding between uh, between people on who gets use of public land or, for that matter, for private land. Any any kind of uh, turf war it can turn into that, and 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 that's uh, whether it's related to density and rezonings or it's related to reallocating uh, road space to between bikes and cars. Um, so I, you know, there's there's a deeper emotional issue that I don't quite get between car drivers and cyclists. There's there's extreme people in both categories that drive each other crazy. I think most of us are perfectly fine, willing to get along. Um, but the bottom line here is it's got to be safe. All ways of getting around need to be safe. And that's where separated bike lanes are the, that's the best practice globally for keeping people safe in bikes and cars, getting people off of sidewalks that are on bikes. And, you know, give everyone their, their safe space to, to move around. And that's that's what we need to do on the safety side. Um, and it's I, I think most of the chaos and 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 big noise about this is kind of is, is generated by media who want to make it controversial. Uh, I think for the most part, I mean, I've been reelected several times. Uh, I think our agenda is really clear on this. And 
Vancouver, Vancouverites support it. I think uh, the majority of Vancouver knows we need to make these changes and uh, and support it. But maybe in the in the outskirts in the suburbs or with the media, they want it to be controversial. But really, the last several major projects, they, they haven't. I don't think they're that controversial within Vancouver. And I think they've proved themselves out over time. I think people see, you know, we get 160 or 170 thousand bike trips happening every day uh, in in uh, in the city this uh, last summer, so massive, you know, the number one biking city in North America now. And that's uh, that's something we should be proud of. And if we put all those people back into cars on the road, it, w- it would be traffic nightmare. So <laughs> that's not going to happen. So one of the things that comes up in these discussions is people get frustrated saying, oh, there's not enough consultation on this and that. And it comes up on zoning and every single issue, I think. How have you seen your approach in the city's approach to consultation change and how do you think it needs to continue to evolve to make sure the city has meaningful engagement with the citizens? Yeah, well, we do a ton of engagement and consultation. I mean, we get we get all this um, criticism about the city's communications department uh, becoming massive. That's actually engagement and consultation. That's what our communications department... All- there's, there's not enough consultation and too many communications people? <laughs> yeah, but that's what those communications people are, are mostly doing. They're out in the community consulting and, <laughs> and trying to help us advance uh, these uh, decisions. And that I think, you know, if you look at what Vancouver does for uh, community engagement and consultation, it's, it's way beyond what most other big cities are doing. Um, I mean right up to our public hearing process where anyone can walk in and and have their time with the mayor and council like you got you got the microphone and you do that that it's very rare in big cities uh, in North America in particular but around the world so I think you know we have a really extensive approach to this and that needs to continue and deepen and online tools need to increasingly be part of that mix I, I think we do a good job of it and there's there's always that tension between okay how, how many years do you talk about a, a decision on housing project or uh, transportation, and and when do you just uh, go for it and, and make it happen? And you know, in, in some cases, for example, uh, you know, there was some criticism when we opened 500 shelter beds 10 years ago, right right in the beginning of that uh, term, in the middle of winter, and the reason was we had to save lives. And and some of the decisions we're making uh, with respect to overdose crisis. We, we can't sit around and talk about this. Uh, we need to take action. We need to save people's lives. Um, and that, so there's a, there's other times where, you know what, we can talk about this for a couple of years in a neighborhood. What's the neighborhood plan going to be for the next couple of decades? Let's talk about those. Let's have hundreds of meetings and walk around the neighborhood and figure it out. Even then, there's still people that say that wasn't enough. I wasn't at enough meetings or I didn't get enough input. So I think uh, we got to do our best with it, and it's come a long way. I think we've we've uh, we're doing more than we've ever done before, and for good reason. So you've had a majority on council with your, your with Vision Vancouver for the whole time you've been here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't look like the mayor is going to have a majority on council next election, depending on who's mayor or what parties get in or what have you. How does that change? The, the dynamic on council is the first the first part of that question. And the second question is more staff related. So I'll get to that after the, the, the dynamic on council. Yeah, it will be different. It, it looks like it will be different. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful. I think the only scenario is maybe the NPA kind of run the table, which would be uh, 
which would be an, a, a change, a change, and I would say a nightmare <laughs> uh, after having dealt with uh, some of them over the years uh, and the inconsistency of their track record voting against affordable housing or voting against uh, a tax increase for the overdose crisis. I mean, things that I, I hope um, a majority of council never does. But I, I'd say it, it's likely to be um, a number of different parties and uh, more coalition type votes that um, I, I really hope that doesn't slow down our focus on affordable housing, you know, keeping the housing supply and the right supply of uh, an affordable mix of housing, different types of housing all over the city, that's gotta continue. We've, we've now got a really uh, ambitious housing plan. Housing Vancouver plan is, in, is being implemented and I hope that the new council continues to be bold with that. We, we pushed the duplex piece through, um, and which some said was you know, a big aggressive piece right at the buzzer <laughs> and hell yeah, we, we need the housing. We've been hearing it for years, the last couple of years, people want it. So we, we pushed that one through and the next council is gonna have to decide, okay, where are we going triplex, quads? Where are we going higher density in, in the single family home neighborhoods? Um, they're gonna have to make those decisions in, in the next year because those are coming back to council. So I'm hopeful that even though there's different parties and maybe some different uh, worldviews, that uh, they can still work together and, and focus on the on the really key priorities for the city. And how does that change the mayor-staff relationship role with the city manager and whatnot if, if the mayor doesn't necessarily have a command of a majority on council necessarily? Yeah, it does probably uh, shift back to the, the more the weak mayor model that, that Canada is kind of plagued with, which, uh, you know, I think in general, cities in Canada, cities, most cities in North America, uh, or for the world, uh, for that matter, don't have enough power. There's still way too much jurisdiction at, at uh, national and provincial or state levels, and cities need to have more self-determination. We're, we're, we're big, complex, and very sophisticated in terms of our, our government and capacity. And I, so I worry that... Um, that it is tougher for uh, the next mayor to to keep council going in a, in a more cohesive direction. Uh, I mean, I think city staff are extraordinary. We've got a dream team here. They've come from all over the world to to be in Vancouver, and a lot of homegrown talent that are that are um, really fantastic. And and they have big plans that they're um, implementing right now. So I think they're they're going to be uh, the steady the steady horse here to to bet on, but council needs to be constructive and it is council's role to, to continue to push the pace and, and make sure that, uh, that that really urgent needs that are heard out there in the community are coming into city hall and being and changes are being made. So we're really cognizant of the tight time schedule. Yeah. What are you doing next? Leaving politics for um, good? Well, I'm taking a break from politics anyway. I, I, I'm, I need a rest from it. It's been 14 years straight and I, uh, I'm ready for some downtime, doing a sabbatical this winter and um, looking at different opportunities uh, outside of politics. And um, But I've had a great time, an incredible time being mayor. And, and I really, I would recommend politics and government to public service to anyone. It's really super rewarding and fascinating uh, world to, to work in. So I may come back to it at some point if, uh, if I, I feel called and like, like the need is there, but um, I'm looking forward to trying something else next. Great. And then we just have three personal questions, not politics. Vancouver's changed a lot in the last 30 years since Expo. We've lost a lot of things. What's a venue, place, or thing that you miss the most? Ooh, venue or... That's a tough one. Uh, place that I miss the most. Uh, over 30 years? 
Well, anywhere. Or just any time. Something you miss. <laughs> Might have been something close yesterday. Uh, wow, that's a good one. You know, I wish we'd been able to save the Pantages Theater at, uh, at Maine and Hastings. You're not the only one that said that. Yeah, I would. And it was when we came in, it was too far gone. There were holes in the roof. It was mm. water damaged, and, and it was just an impossible dream to revive it. But some of that, old, the, the older history of Vancouver, not much of that is left. In the race for Vancouver's unofficial ambassador, you conceded early to the Crow, I believe. I did. If you could pick anyone, would you still stick with the Crow, or is there someone you think would be better suited yeah, for that? No, I think the Crow is a, a good outcome there. Because it, it is hard to play favorites with uh, Vancouver personalities sure. as that played out. And uh, I, I think we're well represented by the Crow. Crows get underestimated uh, by everyone. And and we're, we're a city uh, with a big passion for birds. So I, I think the Crow's a good one. And absolute last question. What's your favorite park in Vancouver? Ooh, I, you know, I got to go with Stanley Park. I, um, I, that's, I live close to the park. I'm in it all the time. And... Uh, it's, it's number one park in the world, hands down. Right. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you, guys. Thanks.